0: Welcome to the It Was a Thing on TV podcast, Episode 7, Submission 343. And yes, we really do have that many submissions. Uh, Actually, more than that now. Submission 343 is Lidsville. This was a children's program on ABC, which aired from September 11th, 1971, until September of 1972, then was in repeats from 72 to 73 for a total of 17 episodes.
1: In the middle of the summer, in the middle of a park, there began a great adventure for a boy whose name was Mark. He had come to see the magic man along with all the children, and t'was so began the day that Mark was never to forget. He performed all sorts of miracles And Mark was so impressed That when the time arrived to go He lagged behind the rest Then quietly he did return The secret of the hat to learn But everyone had gone away And darkness held a threat The moment that he touched the hat The room began to glow And as he put it down and ran fascinated still he had to see there was something deep inside the hat what could that something be then cautiously each step he took he climbed up on the brim to look and all at once the hat began to shake and rock look out Cookies, Litsville is a kick, kick, kiss, Litsville is a groo, groobiest Litsville is a living and friend. If you get a chance to go go there, you'll be glad you did. Cause everybody who goes to Litsville
0: really flips his <laughs> How's that for a chopper? <laughs> and there you heard the theme of the show, which pretty much outlines many things. It outlines the plot um, where uh, young Mark, who's played by by Butch Patrick, who was Eddie Munster, he uh, gets a little curious after a magic show being done by uh, a, a magician named Merlo, or, Merlo? Merlo, yes. Merlo. Played well, by like, Charles Nelson well, Reilly. Like the wine. Yeah, played by Charles Nelson Riley. He goes backstage, curious as to what the real magic is, and uh, Merlot's uh, top hat suddenly grows in size. It's life uh, life size, uh, big enough for Mark to climb on the brim of the hat. And magically, once he gets on top of the hat, the hat starts shaking, and Mark falls into the hat. And no, he just doesn't fall into that. He falls into, like, whatever dimension that Ed Begley's TARDIS that runs on vegetable oil goes through. He goes through, like, the fifth dimension or the, the eighth dimension or whatnot and and ends up landing in a land called Lidsville, which is inhabited. And, and th- this is, like, a, a bad, like, hallucination or something. Somebody had to have been on, like, tons of marijuana or other recreational drugs back in the late uh, 60s slash early 70s. Uh, The characters in Lidsville are all pretty much hats. They're they're, they're people whose heads have been replaced with hats or are hats. And and not even people because uh, there are other characters than, let's say, human being bodies. We'll get into that in a second. But this is like the ultimate like hallucinogenic TV show, and I say that because even like there may have been a sense of some reality in other Sid and Marty Croft shows like H.R. Uh, Puff and stuff, uh, and, um, and and Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. Yeah, I mean they were ridiculous. But I mean, this is like over the top, ridiculous. How much, you know, how many mushrooms were you eating at the time, or how much were you you inhaling? It's crazy.
1: Oh man, what a, what an
2: this is just something else. This show.
0: It, it, it's 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 trippy. It's psychedelic. I mean, I, I understand that the late '60s and early '70s. Were you know sort of influenced by that? You you had very weird fashions going on, and it's just this is like over the top. It's 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 surreal.
2: And not only to mention, getting back to the opening for a second, why is there a
0: magic show at Six Flags? Well, as I speculated, I think. Yeah, Six Flags back in the 70s, the early 70s at least, wasn't – I mean, they had roller coasters, but also, like other amusement parks, they had uh, other attractions, stage shows. Magicians is within the realm of possibility, even though I've never seen one at any of the amusement parks I've ever gone to. It's feasible that there was a magic show because there were no video game arcades in the early 70s. They may have had the, the games where you shoot the clown's nose or, or the, the bullseye or whatnot and inflate the balloon or what have you. But um, you got to remember that technology in the early 70s wasn't the same as it is nowadays, or even 20, 30 years ago.
2: Yeah, I mean, if only – maybe they had some godly pinball machines at Six Flags back then. Who knows?
0: They might have, they they might have, but obviously the, the arcade machine was pretty much beginning at that time. Uh, and even then there were just a handful of, of names around and they were very primitive. So there are, uh, there's actually only three real, truly human characters in Lidsville in terms of actors that are being credited on the show who aren't these Lidsville characters. We mentioned Butch Patrick, who is better known for playing Eddie Munster on the Munsters. And then we have Weenie the Genie, who is played by Billy Hayes, who actually is a veteran of Sid and Marty Croft shows.
2: She was witchy-pooed on
0: H.R. Puffin stuff. She did a bunch of voice work. Uh, Just taking a look at uh, what she did, Uh, she did Tailspin. Johnny Bravo, The Nightmare Before Christmas, Rugrats, and what? one of our favorites. And oh, this might be an entry. Well, th- this wouldn't be an entry for a bad show, but this is a show I love and I have on DVD. Duckman. Oh yes, Duckman. Duckman. I I think that may have to go in our. Uh, th- then we may need to do some sort of special induction for that because Duckman is was a great show back in the day. And then the third character, as Greg mentioned, uh, was Hoodoo, the evil magician, uh, who was played by Charles Nelson O'Reilly, who also played Merlot the magician, the good magician. So maybe if, if Charles Nelson O'Reilly is the good magician in the real world and he's playing the evil magician in this alternate world, maybe there's it's like reverse, you know, a reverse land. Maybe it's kind of like uh, on Twin
2: Peaks, like how there's the Black Lodge version of Dale Cooper, and then there's the real-world version of Dale Cooper. So I'm trying to wonder, is is there like a, an equivalent of Dougie Jones for Charles Nelson Riley? I don't know.
0: There's the good Merlot Charles Nelson Reilly. There's the evil witchy uh, – or, or the evil the, – the, There's the evil hoodoo Charles Nelson Riley. And then the third one is the match game, Charles Riley, we get a uh, couple months later. Actually, no, I'm sorry. This would have coincided with match game because match game premiered in July of 73 and this, the reruns ended in September of 73. So there would have been an overlap. Yeah, oh, now this like confuses everything. How many worlds is Charles Nelson Riley living in? <laughs> so, uh, Hoodoo had his own band of hats, the Bad Hats, and uh, he had four of them. One was Mr. Big, who was a gangster type of hat. Oh, and this is going to get very stereotypical. I apologize in advance, but this is the 1970s, not the the 2010s or coming on the 2020s. So they got away with a lot more stuff that wouldn't fly nowadays, and I just want to apologize in advance. Yeah, So yeah. so you have your gangster uh, uh, of fedora, who was the leader of the bad hats, and then you have Captain Hooknose, who had a pirate hat, and he literally had a hook for a nose.
2: Wow! What a but, shock! A pirate hat, and he has a hook instead of a nose because he's Captain Hooknose.
0: And he did the usual pirate yar, 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 yar. The, the 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 pirate. Uh, accent or or voice the the typical pirate voice and then there is Bella which was a vampire hat and of course it would be Bella Lugosi that's being impersonated and they even called it Bella and then the fourth one was named Boris and it was an impersonation of Peter Lorre and Boris wore an executioner's hood Boy, those are four bad hats. Wouldn't want to run into the pirate or or the, the gangster or the vampire or the executioner going down the street. Oh, no. You would not want to. So those are the bad hats. But there's plenty of good hats. And again, the stereotyping is like knee deep. So don't send me emails. Don't write letters. We're just the messengers.
2: Yes, blame Sid and Marty Croft. They created this.
0: Exactly. And it is again, one giant drug trip, acid trip. So, yeah, they did some wacky stuff back in the 70s. There was the Imperial Wizard who was the evil wizard who was Hoodoo's master. So Hoodoo actually had somebody above him. Uh, and now we start the stereotyping. There was Ra-Ra, boom who is a football helmet. A football helmet. And the football helmet had the stereotypical dumb jock sort of uh, behavior, acting really dopey, doing really dopey stuff. And, again, just stereotyping out the wazoo. Uh, There was a party hat, which actually had a a party favor for a nose, so whenever the the party hat talked – Madam Ring-A-Ding, the party favor went out. You know how uh, if you blow a party favor, that little curl of paper extends out. That's what the nose was.
2: You have to remember, Mike, this is 2019. A lot of our audience wouldn't know what that is.
0: There's still party favors. What are you talking about? I mean, it's not like, you know, people don't have birthday parties or, or have party favors anymore. Especially given, you know, as of today, in a month and a half, we're going to have New Year's. Hey, Mike,
2: everyone does that crap on Messenger or Facebook or whatever now.
0: There was also Mother Wheels, an elderly gray-haired motorcycle helmet. Oh, that's what that was. I was watching an episode earlier today, and there was this old woman. I didn't know what her deal was. I thought it was like the Hattsville version of Nidra Voles. And it's a gray-haired motorcycle helmet. Okay. That doesn't make a lick of sense, but whatever. There was Nursie, who was a nurse wearing a nurse hat with a little red cross on it. Uh there was a beanie hat called Twirly. And it was uh it is the youngest uh person living in, in Lidsville spoke with a little baby voice and he could use his propeller to fly. Oh, how cute. Even, even though I didn't see that in the episodes I saw.
2: Then we have Colonel Poom.
0: Yeah. Colonel Poom. And then again, this is another stereotype. He was like the stereotypical, like uh, Stanley and Livingston Explorer wore a pith hat or a pith helmet and ha- had like that British voice, that, that British accent Good day, sir. Yeah, something like that. Uh, and and actually, he was a hunter slash explorer. Again, hunter can't really use that nowadays. We don't go hunting for animals. That's not good. But again, 1971, they could kill all the elephants they want. Yeah, you
2: could you get all the trophy animals you want back in
0: 1971. And, okay, here's where the quasi-racism oh, comes in. no. Yeah, b- buckle up. Mr. Chow. Oh, Jesus. And he, he wore a chef's uh, hat and had a long mustache. And he had a very stereotypical Chinese accent. What a shock. Yeah, and, and it, 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 there's more than that. I mean, that, that was your stereotypical Chinese character. And then next was the stereotypical French character uh pierre Le and, and actually he lived in a sewer but he, his character never like really came out of the ground his head would pop up out of this sewer grate this this sewer uh hole and you know he'd say his line and then boom goes his uh down goes his his beret sort of like a manhole cover
2: and also, it says it was never explained in the series why he can't leave the sewers. So that was probably one of the unanswered questions from Lidsville. Why can't? Why does Pierre Le not leave the
0: sewers? And then we have Scorchy, and, and Scorchy was actually not really a human. Scorchy was a fire hydrant, a walking, talking fire hydrant, what? and it had a, and it had a hose, a fire hose for a nose. But the big thing is. That Scorchy did was anytime Hoodoo was coming by to cause mischief, Hoodoo would run around all crazy, warning, warning, warning. Or, not, didn't say warning, but uh, who, uh, Scorchy was the lookout for uh, the uh, gang of bad characters coming to Lidsville to, to cause mayhem. And then another stereotypical voice, Tex. And what do you think Tex was? A cowboy hat. Tex, if, when I talk Texas, the hat that comes to mind is a cowboy hat. And let's make it even more stereotypical. Who's probably the most famous actor to wear a cowboy hat?
2: Well, pilgrim, it's probably John Wayne.
0: It is John Wayne. And he had that little drawl that John Wayne had. Uh, it's just, uh, and I, I, got, I, I mean, the stereotyping is just ridiculous on this thing. I had one
2: observation about Tex. Okay. Tex, to me, looked like... Do you remember in, never in Spaceballs, the comb the desert scene?
0: Yes, absolutely.
2: Well, do you remember that Darth Vader had a... Not the Darth, Darth Vader. The Darth Vader analogy, which would be Rick Morant's dark helmet character, was wearing a, a hat that kind of sort of resembled Tex to cover his
0: face. Are you saying that Spaceballs stole that from Lidsville?
2: I'm not saying that Mel Brooks stole anything from Lidsville, but it's, it's very suspicious to me.
0: After uh, text, we have Tonsolini. Tonsolini, that, that's a real attractive name. Uh, look at the first part of that name, Tonsol. Uh, it, it was an opera singing hat. And every bit of dialogue that Tonsolini had was singing in an operatic manner. Then you had Hiram, who was a farmer's straw hat, and uh, there was a talking piglet, which I didn't see, so obviously I didn't go through enough episodes. There's a talking piglet named Little Ben that was carried by Hiram. Interesting. Uh, so so I, I, obviously this, this piglet is another, well, non-hat member of Lidsville. So now Lidsville has... These, well, not necessarily two human, three human characters, because really, well, Hoodoo was a magician, so an evil magician. So that would be human, I would guess, but he had green skin. And then uh, Billy Hayes played the genie, and I don't think a genie would really be considered a human. So now that brings up, brings up a b- bigger question how did a pig end up in Lidsville?
2: Maybe maybe the pig fell into the magic hat. Who knows? I mean, it is. It does say that it was. I don't know.
0: I mean. Maybe the pig escaped from the, the animal farm on Six Flags Over Texas, went into the hat. There you go. I think we solved a mystery. Yes. And then uh, there was Admiral Scuttlebutt. What? Admiral, admiral Scuttlebutt, yes. That is and, a terrible name. Admiral Scutterbutt. Scuttlebutt, yes. Admiral Scuttlebutt. Uh, And he was a uh, green admiral hat and only talked in naval cliches. And then uh, here goes more racism. Oh. This is the last character, by the way, but buckle down. Thank this God. is like, if you thought Mr. Chow was offensive... Big Chief Sitting Duck. What? It was an Indian uh, headdress, and his body was covered by a thick Indian blanket, hey. and he spoke with that, you know, tip uh, stereotypical Indian accent or Native American accent. Yeah, how? What are you doing, white men? Something like that. Oh Christ. Yeah, like I said, more blatant racism. Mm-hmm. If if they knew then what we know now, that's yeah, just really, absolutely bizarre. And again, that was the '70s, a little more innocent time, but not something that would be very political politically correct nowadays. So the main thing that uh, happened in Lidsville, Hoodoo the magician was always trying to take over Lidsville. By just causing mischief in the life of of its residents. Uh, There was a time he had a brainwashing machine and encouraged them to go in the brainwashing machine, Pied Piper of Hamelin style, playing a little flute and, oh, they're, you know, prancing down uh, the main corridor in Lidsville or whatnot into the machine where he set everybody to be like, Obedient or subservient to be his, and this is not my word. I believe this is actually used on the show. His slaves. Oh, oh. Well, I, I'm, I'm just, I mean, like I said, I'm just the, the messenger here, and I, I'm pretty sure, like 99% sure, the word you are, or the phrase you are now my slaves was used or some variant thereof. The the word slaves was used. So, again, not cool for 2019. 1971, it it really isn't a big deal back then. So, again, we're just the messengers. Don't shoot us. It it was a different time. Uh, But also, you know, Hoodoo did other things uh, against the Lidsville residents. There was one episode which actually I saw that uh, the Lidsville characters were trying to hold a charity event for the old hat home for the for the aged and elderly and hoodoo came by and stole their money and then to make matters worse he didn't just steal their their funds that they raised he also aged them all to be old so everybody had old uh gray hair beards on on the men old great gla- granny glasses on the ladies and, again, this is, like, absurd. It's beyond absurd. And then in the end, uh, Mark, the main character, and uh, the genie, they uh, went to Hoodoo's hideout, which was a giant top hat. It was a giant magician's hat. So wait a minute.
2: Is it Hatception? There's a show inside of a hat. And the main villain lives inside another hat?
0: Yeah, he he lives in, in like a, a top hat slash magician's hat, yes. Size 13 and 7 eighths, in case you're wondering. And it actually does say that on the show. If you actually look, uh, his address is 13 and 7 eighths. And inside the hat, it, it, when they're showing inside his, his quarters, there's a sign on the wall that says size 13 and 7 eighths. So they tried making it look like a real hat, at least in that way. So, yeah, they went to his, his hideout, and they used a giant body-length mirror. He was going to transform them back into he, – he normalized them because he felt wrong for cheating them or something like that. But then at the end, he was going to change them back into elderly people, and they held out a mirror. And how does this work? You'd think if he held out the mirror, his little – Rays would bounce back at him and turn him into an old man. No, instead they turn him into a little baby. What? We get baby Charles Nelson Riley. Well, it's not baby Charles Nelson Riley more than it is miniaturizing Charles Nelson Riley through the use of of special effects.
2: Okay, so it's not quite. And by the way, spoiler in case you haven't watched through episode two of The Mandalorian on Disney Plus, it's not quite Baby Yoda.
0: Baby Yoda's adorable.
2: Yeah, I'm. So- I-, I want a
0: Baby Yoda of my own right now. <laughs> Who wouldn't hey- want a Baby Yoda? Hey, Bananas, do you want a Baby Yoda? She'd like that. She'd think it's like a giant play toy and just like slap it around. So yeah, some of the other adventures they got into. Uh episode one world in a hat this is basically setting up everything after falling into the magician's hat and discovering a magical world mark is mistaken for a spy by the tyrannical hoodoo and his cohorts including Weenie, the good natured genie Weenie, the genie how cute is that
2: oh yes then we go to episode two. Show me the way to go home. Colonel Poom navigates Mark and Weenie the Genie, who the Hair Forest, the Shampoo River, and other exotic locales on their way to find the Golden Ladder. Hoodoo and Associates scramble to stop them and ultimately unleash Big Daddy Hoodoo.
0: Okay, that must be where they do the special effects. Instead of turning him into a small baby Charles Nelson Riley, they then turn it into Attack of the 50 foot Charles Nelson Riley taking a line from last week not attack of the 50-foot dog attack of the 50-foot Charles Nelson Riley whoa that's that's a super match (laughs) oh jeez, did I really say that hey hey hey, Mike
2: at least you didn't take forever to make that joke unlike Tom Poston
0: uh hey another future episode We'll, we'll get we'll talk about that later Episode 3, Fly Now, Vacuum Later. When Mark attempts to uh, get away by magic carpet, Hoodoo summons a giant vacuum cleaner to swallow the boy, leaving it to weenie to, a, to weenie to mount a rescue. I can't even say it with a straight face. How
2: how would it be possible to suck up Mark in a giant vacuum cleaner?
0: Well, now, just hold on a second. We We, we need to remember that. Lidsville is in this land created by this life-size, this five-foot-in-diameter magic hat. So would it be a normal vacuum cleaner and somehow Mark got miniaturized when he fell down the hat? Or is it like, like a, a portal into another dimension? I mean, again, the, there's unanswered questions here, all because you know Sid and Marty Croft had too many edibles. You know, th- there's got to be something that explains, you know, is it, like, the world miniaturized or a smaller size, or was it a portal to a a world of regular-sized creatures? And, But I think you had a bigger question. How do they get a big vacuum cleaner down there? Do they just go to the big Best Buy store and go get one? I mean, and then no. what type oh, of vacuum be- cleaner... But then, well, then what type of vacuum cleaner is it? Is it a regular upright vacuum cleaner, or is it one of those with the hose that you would have seen back in the 60s and 70s with that giant cylindrical tank?
2: Well, it wouldn't be the big Best Buy store, Mike. It would probably be, in the 1971, the big Montgomery Ward store
0: or something. Oh, it would, have been, it would have been the big Woolworth. You're right about that. Yeah, Best Buy came a little bit later. Now we're we're totally like transforming it. We're going from 1971 now to the early nineties. Somehow we're like mixing worlds up here. Episode four was Weenie Weenie Where's Our Genie. I that title, I'm sorry. Weenie Weenie Where's Our Genie. There's jokes there that you can probably listen to on it was the thing on TV after dark. When Weenie runs away, Hoodoo kidnaps Nursey and Scorchy and holds them for a ransom until until the genie is returned. Boy, that sounds fun. Let's hear it for Wizzo, episode 5. Hoodoo evicts the residents of Lidsville, so Mark disguises him as a rival wizard and challenges Hoodoo to a duel.
2: Oh, my goodness. It's the Alexander-Hamilton-Aaron-Burr
0: duel in Lidsville. And nobody dies amazingly because there's still more episodes. That's that's amazing. That that's that's the fabulous world of Sid and Marty Croft. Is there a mayor in the House? Mark suggests the citizens elect a mayor, so Hoodoo goes out of his way to rig the election. Oh, now, I'm gee. not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it.
2: Oh gee,
0: that's not that's not timely. The I'm, not, of U- I'm would, not saying a word. I'm taking
2: the did, high ground. Did Hoodoo, did Hoodoo contact the, uh, the, whatever the Lidsville equivalent of the president of Ukraine is?
0: Yes, because they found out that Mark's uh, son was working in an oil rig there. Episode 7, take me to your rabbit. Raunchy Rabbit, who is the, the rabbit sidekick of, of Hoodoo, Raunchy Rabbit takes control of Hoodoo's magical powers after they're struck by lightning. Wasn't that the basis for an episode of Automan Man or, or Manimal or something?
2: Is there a Woodsville equivalent of zippers?
0: <laughs> no, I'm not going there either. You're not dragging me into this conversation. Take your hat off. No, no. Um,
2: oh, episode eight. This is the one I saw. Have I got a girl for hoodoo? Hoodoo uses a Lonely Hearts Club to land a date with Wilmina W. Witchy Poo from H.R. Puffet Stuff. So Mark summons his feminine wiles and tries to break them up. So yes, so so we have Witchy Poo, who's also played by Billy Hayes, who plays the genie on Woodsville. She ends up with Hoodoo, and so Mark breaks them up. He dresses in drag. And then somehow at the end of the episode, Witchy Poo ends up with H.R. Puffin stuff. That's right. They got H.R. Puffin stuff to make a cameo in
0: this episode. Episode nine, Mark and the Beanstalk. This one I actually need to, to look at because th- this looks like it's very, very weird. Uh, when a magic beanstalk sprouts in Lidsville, Hoodoo disguises himself as Mark and attempts to escape to the real world?
2: God, I, like I said, this is another parallel with Twin Peaks. How you have the Black Lodge version of Cooper and the real Cooper, how the Black Lodge version of Cooper escaped the Black Lodge and went to our reality for 25 years. Uh, what, it, what would have happened if Hoodoo made it out into the real world? What would have happened to the other magician, um, Merlot? What would have happened if if Hoodoo had actually escaped and made it to the real world. Would he have put Merlo in the the hat?
0: You're thinking on way too deep a level for this time of night. I, like I said, I'll have to to look at that one because that that sounds very interesting. Uh, Episode 10, turn in your turban, you're through. Hoodoo gives Mark weenies magic powers and uses the boy as his personal servant. Trippy. Eleven, alias the Imperial Wizard. Hoodoo crashes Weenie's birthday party and kidnaps several good hat people to plan a uh, party for the Imperial Wizard. Who we
2: discussed before, who is Hoodoo's master.
0: Right. A little Hoodoo goes a long way. The bad hats plot to overthrow Hoodoo. Meanwhile, Weenie comes down with the Alibaba virus. No! Yeah. The Alibaba virus. I'm not... Okay, that's another one I'm going to have to look up. Oh my gosh. I'm going to spend my weekend watching this very whacked out show. Uh Oh, brother. does good-natured twin brother, Bruce. How the hell does Hoodoo have a twin brother named Bruce? It should have been been like voodoo. Hoodoo and voodoo. No, here's my twin brother, Bruce.
2: Hold up. I'm going to look this up.
0: Who does good-natured twin brother Bruce arrives while he's away and causes great confusion in Lidsville? Please say this is on YouTube. It is on YouTube. Oh, gosh. Oh, I picked the wrong episodes to watch. Who do who is episode 14. The Bad Hats run amok when Who Do comes down with amnesia? Hoodoo comes down with amnesia. I You get the idea the plot lines were running really thin after about episode eleven or so. And then episode 15. I mentioned this earlier. The old hat home Hoodoo crashes the good hat people's charity event and turns them all into senior citizens and ultimately he turns them back into regular creatures and uh they sort of turn against him or at the end they have this giant full length mirror and when Hoodoo tries zapping them he zaps himself and turns into a little baby and it, it, it's like i said it, it's just trippy
2: okay I found the uh, the episode so apparently the difference between, so Hoodoo's twin brother Bruce looks exactly like Hoodoo except the only difference is he's, he's wearing all white to signify his good nature and he's got a white top hat on
0: is his skin white or is his skin green? oh his skin's green oh gosh okay So I guess he's his identical twin brother then. So wait, if he's wearing all white and Hoodoo usually wears all black, where's the confusion? If you're somebody in Lizville, are you going to say, hey, Hoodoo, why are you not wearing your black outfit you've worn for the other 18 episodes? (laughs) It's in the shop. (laughs) Maybe, uh, I'm guessing they're trying to make these these kids show characters as naive as maybe little kids would have been watching this, because maybe the kids wouldn't have noticed it. Yeah, you know, maybe some of the perceptive ones. Oh, Hoot is wearing a, a white suit, and not a black suit. I, I don't get it.
2: Episode 16.
0: And this the is the other one I watched. Yes. The
2: great brain robbery. Hoodoo plays the Pied Piper and lures the good hat people into his brainwash machine to create an army to conquer the Imperial Wizard.
0: Which never actually gets done because Mark interferes. Uh, He gets a hold of this magic flute that Hoodoo played. It was in Hoodoo's lair. And, oh, Hoodoo's lair, I'm going to get into that after we get through the last episode. Oh, there's only 17 episodes, not 19, so uh, my bad math there. Uh, He goes into Hoodoo's lair, gets the magic flute, goes back to Lidsville, starts playing the music. And uh, the the Lidsville residents were all, again, like I said earlier, subservient, let's say. Let's not use the other S word. We'll use subservient, obedient. And they were following Hoodoo's orders, but when Hoodoo wasn't there, they were uh, subservient and obedient to whomever was there that wasn't one of them. And Mark was that person, because Hootoo was gone. So he went there, played the magic flute. They all did their little dance back into the brainwashing machine. But now the brainwashing machine had like 12 different settings. So, yeah, you can make them angry or happy or maybe normal. or, and I mean, there were some good ones and some bad ones. But so the machine was turned on to happy or good or, or whatnot. And everybody came out as... As kind. I think that's what it was, was kind. And so they're out as normal, but also at the same time, uh Hoodoo and uh and the raunchy rabbit and the deck of cards who we haven't even talked about, the Jack of Clubs, which is a walking deck of playing cards who's like a henchman for, for Hoodoo. And it has it's it it it's a, a thick like a deck of cards. But it has a Jack of Clubs as the the card, the, the face that's facing out. And both the mouths on the Jack of Clubs can move, which is kind of creepy. But so all three of those characters, the Jack of Clubs, the the Raunchy Rabbit, and Hoodoo, go into the machine uh, under the kind setting. And they come out and say, oh, you're such a kind person, Hoodoo. You're such a kind person, Raunchy Rabbit. Oh, I think you're all so kind, and they like have a group hug, and yeah, and everybody in Lidsville is laughing at him because now they're not evil; they're nice. And it, 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 it's, it. The more I think about this, the the greater chance I'm going to have an aneurysm. I'm sorry. But <laughs> the Jack and
2: Clubs, where was Jim Perry when you needed him?
0: He was still in Canada, I think. He was doing Headline Hunters, I think, or whatever that was. Uh, The the last one. Oh, and the last one isn't even a real episode. It's called Mommy Hoodoo. In this clip episode, Hoodoo's mother comes to Lizville while her son is away, and all the inhabitants try to convince her that Hoodoo is still as bad as he ever was.
2: You know what I'd ask her? Why did you name one son Hoodoo, and you named your other son
0: Bruce? That's a really good question. Again, it should be Hoodoo and Voodoo or maybe Bruce and George. But George isn't really a great name for somebody, some evil magician. Oh, look, there's George in the sky. No, there's Hoodoo in the sky. That There's a, a big difference there. So, yeah, I, I mentioned earlier about Hoodoo's lair, which is a giant top hat slash magician's hat. And there were so many bizarre things in the, uh, in that lair which were essentially living. Uh, I mean, they were walking around m- or moving their mouth. There was a skull that moved its mouth, you know, made uh, uh, had a voice, made jokes and stuff like that. Um, there was a a sawed body. If you know, like the old magic trick where you saw somebody in half. The bottom half was actually living and would run around. The bottom half. Oh, my God. So you just saw this box, which looked like like a giant die. It looked like you know, a a die with no face on it, no pips. And it would just run around. That was a little creepy. For a number of reasons. I mean, number one... Yeah, how tall was the person that fit that? Because, I mean, this box wasn't that big, and it couldn't have been, you know, it wasn't CGI, obviously. It couldn't have been computer graphics. It was somebody running around. But, I mean, this box could have been more than probably about 18 inches tall, maybe two feet tall. It was just, like I said, weird. And then there was like uh, some sort of like serpent head on the wall or maybe it's a dragon, but it didn't really breathe out fire. And that spoke. And that actually the, that dragon's head was where that mute, magic flute was hiding in the uh, the episode we mentioned earlier, the Great Brain Robbery. Uh, Mark actually went, it grabbed, reached into the mouth of the dragon head or whatever it is while the dragon head was sleeping and the flute was in his mouth. Which brings up another question. How did this dragon or this creature not choke to death with this foot and a half or two foot long flute in its mouth?
2: You got my me. The,
0: the deep questions that are coming from all of this.
2: Yeah, that's enough deep questions I want to have about this
0: show. This, this is about as deep as I want to get in this show. It's just... I all all I'm going to just add to this is how did this come about? How did this come to my mind? I didn't search this out, but I remember probably about 25 years ago at this point, either VH one or Nick at night had either a night devoted to Sid and Marty Croft shows, or maybe it was a weekend. I think it was just a night, like either a Friday night or a Saturday night. And they showed H.R. Puffin Stuff, and Sigmund and the Sea Monsters, and I think there were a couple of those shows they showed, but I remember they showed Lidsville. Even back then, 25 years ago, I thought this was, like, really absurd and trippy. My sister, who would have been probably about 14 or 15 at the time, she was, like, totally into all this. This is the coolest stuff ever. And they were only showing it one night. I remember that actually, whichever station was doing this, they offered or had for sale an H.R. Puffin Stuff t-shirt, which my sister actually bought. She was that much of a fan of these these hallucinogenic TV shows. But yeah, and and we're going to do more on Sid and Marty Croft in the future because we have, I think at the very least... Three possible entries? Yeah, uh, Morty Croft related. Yeah, I mean I, I can think of at least I think two. Th- there's gotta be two, maybe even three. And i uh, actually the, the one that immediately came to mind isn't HR Puffin stuff or Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. Uh it's actually a variety show. Well, won't, won't say which yeah. one, but if if you know about Sid and Marty Croft and, and the Croft puppets, you know what variety show that they were associated with back about 40, 38 years ago.
2: Yes. And believe it or not, it's mostly not about puppets.
0: It's Oh, yeah. The, the puppets were like secondary. It was sort of like Hee Haw, but without uh, Roy Clark. Yeah. And Junior Samples. And Victoria Holman. And Victoria Hall, there you go. <laughs> you had to throw the Victoria Hallman reference. You see her once on Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour, and now anytime you hear hee-haw, and Victoria Hallman. Oh, yeah. Uh, Victoria
2: Hallman. She, she hauled her way into my heart, let me tell you.
0: Victoria Hallman hauled her way into your heart? Yes. Oh, my gosh. That was Lidsville, and, yes, that was a thing on TV. We'll see you next week where we're going to have another week of two episodes. We're going to have our regular episode, but also we're going to have a little bonus Minnesota of sorts related to something having to do with the holiday coming up in about a week. Well, a week, week and a half at this point. So stay tuned for that. Have a great week. We'll talk to you later.
1: Everybody there wears a hat Everybody knows where it's at In the land of hats That's Lidsville You can find it on magic maps Where the mountains wear mountain caps Lined with welcome mats That's Lidsville I've seen people put on hats And then they tie or pin them In Lidsville there's no need for that Because they live right in them So if you bump into a bonnet With ears and eyes and nose upon it Nope, you haven't gone bats that's Lidsville. Lady, lady, litty, Liddyville. Litty, not to be confused with Lady Grittyville. The land of living cats. That's Lidsville. Wow! Woodsville.
0: <laughs> oh, jeez. That, that actually works with that for some reason.